Welcome to The Thriving Life, where we help women navigate the world while wearing multiple hats. On this podcast, you'll be equipped with mindset, strategy, and skills that will help you lead your life, thrive, and have it all without sacrifice and burnout. I'm your hostess, Ume Oguta, and I'm here to make having it all less intimidating. So grab a seat, kick your shoes off, and let's talk. Well, hello, Thriving family. Welcome to another podcast. How are you? It's dirty and dusty here in Yellowknife. (laughs) And I'm not complaining because it looks like we're out of the extreme negative temperatures, weather's warming up, and the little African girl in me is happy because trust me, I'm not a fan of this cold weather, but somehow I keep finding myself in these places. Not complaining. Today we want to talk about resistance because I recently went through something in real time and I thought it would be a great opportunity to talk about it on the podcast while it's still fresh, while it's still new. And I think it's so poignant to use this experience as an opportunity for us to explore what resistance could look like so that you recognize when this shows up for you and you can know how to move through it with more grace and compassion and, you know, feel proud of yourself when you come out on the other side of your experience. So to keep things really simple, we're just going to define resistance as the nudge or maybe an inclination to want to avoid doing something. You'll hear this talked about a lot in the personal development space, especially when you're coaching people being resistant. Or you can think about it if you're in a clinical space where people say, you know, a patient might be non-compliant. That's what it typically looks like, right? So when we say we're going to do something, we don't do it. And I think we get into this pattern of aversion and then we say we just don't understand. We start to blame ourselves. We start to feel bad, maybe even feel ashamed that we're not compliant, that we're resisting. And while this may seem okay, while this sounds like, yeah, I should definitely feel that way because I'm resisting, because I'm avoiding... I want to call you in and propose that resistance is not something that needs to be overcome. I truly believe that it's an opportunity for us to get curious. It's something that ought to be invited. And this is the approach that I take with my one-on-one clients because I think that the more we're open to exploring these behaviors that tend to want to keep us away from the goals that we want the more we can move forward faster with less shame, with less stress and overwhelm. I recently got diagnosed with an allergy to snow mold. Snow mold is simply this fungus that affects grass. So in the fall, when the leaves fall, some people have, you know, mowed their lawn, they might leave some debris. And when the snow falls, it's an opportunity for a type of fungus to grow. Once the weather starts to warm up, that fungus then releases spores into the air. And that's what creates allergy symptoms in, a f- in some people. So you might sneeze, you might have runny nose, itchy eyes, all of the things. Now, for me, <laughs> it's not even funny. It's funny now, but it wasn't before. Since March of this year, I had a weird cough that wouldn't go away. I was struggling really hard, even just recording podcasts, coaching my clients. I was constantly coughing. No one could figure out what was going on. And then I started getting itchy skin and ears and face and eyes. 
And I was getting really frustrated because I just couldn't understand what was happening. <laughs> and then last week when my doctor told me that this is an allergy to snow mold, he just normalized the whole thing and we both started laughing. Because if you had told me a month ago when I had that crazy cough, when I got a puffer and I was just like, what in the world is happening to me? If you had told me back then that I was at the early stages of developing this snow mold allergy, I would have said, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been here for five years. I'm good. I don't get allergies. But the signs were all there. That cough started on the weekend of the first thaw of the season. It was constant. And once it went away, my first, and once it went away, that was when my face started itching. The reason I kept seeking help was because I woke up and I looked like my husband had punched me in the eye. And then I couldn't explain why my face felt like someone had just put hot spicy pepper, but there was no rash. How do you explain that? You can't. And then you start to think, maybe I'm imagining this stuff. So for me, I wasn't curious to start with. I was more taken aback because the whole time my brain was saying, I don't get allergies. People like me don't get allergies. People like me, meaning I'm taking care of myself. I'm taking my vitamins. I take care of my hygiene. I'm relatively healthy, right? We do this to ourselves. We think I'm not that kind of person. That sort of thing doesn't happen to me. And that's why when things happen, all of a sudden we kick into this defense and we want to resist because we're still in denial of how is this possible? How could this possibly happen to me? And that's what I want to talk about because when you experience something that's not familiar, do you panic? Do you go into denial? And then do you jump right away into fixing it? Or are you more of let's see how this goes type of girl? Now I would say you're more likely to panic and try to fix it because you're a mom. This is what moms tend to do. And frankly, many women, right? We're fixers. We don't like when there's a problem. And when a new circumstance comes up, it's more likely to interfere with our perfectly laid out plans, right? For me, I couldn't go to work because my eyes were so puffy and I didn't want people asking questions. Thankfully, I could work from home, but that was also very frustrating because I couldn't take the antihistamine while I was working because it made me drowsy. So I had to work around my schedule and make sure that Taking the medication, taking care of myself was not interrupting with my daily life. And that's frustrating. Many of us already feel strapped for time. And another thing to add to that list is just not going to work. So what do we do? We start asking questions from a place of wanting to fix the discomfort that we're feeling. From a place of wanting to fix having to deal with this thing. We just want it to be over. But I'll tell you, when you're thinking, I just want it to be over, you're intentionally or unintentionally creating an experience where you're panicking, where you're feeling disheveled, where you're feeling scattered. And when you're doing that, you can't take intentional action. It also doesn't mean that you're lazy or unmotivated or not smart because this is where many of us tend to go, right? Our not enoughness kicks in and we want to do something to prove that it's not. The only reason this happens where we get into this resistance is because it doesn't feel safe yet. This experience is new. Our brains are like, what in the world is happening? Let's get out of here. So it's okay to recognize. It's okay to know this is a new experience. It doesn't feel safe yet. And that's okay. And then your work becomes creating safety for yourself instead of trying to bulldoze yourself over just to prove a point. 
I was thinking about my client last year who was trying to leave a job. She had planned this whole thing for five years, but she just could not take the leap to leave. And when we started working together, she was very excited about the possibility of getting a new job with a better pay, new opportunities, challenging herself a little bit more. And she was also fearful. She could see that this new job was a new step for her. But the worry about what people will think, losing out on the relationships that she had built with her colleagues at that time, and just thinking about this new experience having to start all over. These were all normal feelings as they are with every one of us when we're experiencing something new. So in her case, she just skipped applying for the jobs. And every time we would come and coach, she'd be like, no, I didn't apply. I didn't apply. And instead, she was trying to fix her situation. She was trying to go back into her current job at that time to try and see if she could fix the culture, to see if she could talk to the manager or the the boss and try to see if things could work out better so she could stay. I could see the resistance. She felt the resistance too. And she kind of went back and forth with feeling sad, feeling upset at herself that she just couldn't get over it. I mean, it's just a job, right? This is what we tell ourselves. It's just this thing. Why can't I get over it? And if you're doing this, I want you to also know it's normal. We've been taught to beat ourselves. We've been taught to yell at ourselves in order to motivate ourselves. But that is not motivating. It's very disheartening and disempowering. And for my clients, I just used my unique approach to decision making. And I said, you don't have to do anything, right? Because her brain was already thinking of all the steps she had to overcome. I said, no, we just need to make one decision. Step into the role of the leader of your life and make a decision about when you want to quit. That was all. Then we went to work with just heightening her awareness of how she was looking at that situation and how she was experiencing it. Now, while I held my eye on the goal that she wanted, which was to leave her job, I also let her become aware of how she was experiencing that situation. And then she started to understand herself. She started to understand why she felt resistant. She also started to understand why it was normal for her to feel that way. And then she was able to bring in a lot of compassion and empathy for that part of herself that was feeling resistant because she loved her people, because she felt like she was a valuable part of that community. All of those reasons were her grieving about what she thought she was going to lose. And then we just sat with that and it was okay for her to feel sad about it. And we also tapped into her excitement about this new opportunity. This is why I don't use a one-size-fits-all approach to coaching. I'm privileged to be trauma-informed and culturally aware. And this allows me to see things from an intersectional lens. Things are not always what they seem. And it's so valuable for us to be able to take a step back and look at our lives and say, this is my way of responding to life. And then we work with that by trying to understand ourselves instead of trying to mold ourselves into what is normal, right? Because if we're not trying to fit into what is normal, then we're not going to feel bad for experiencing resistance. It's in our quest to fit the norm that we end up being burned out. And then we low-key resent the very lies that we prayed for. I know this because I've been this mom and I've coached many of you on this. It's helpful to recognize 
for me, with this allergy, I was so mad because I was like, why can't I just be normal? But we all have our things. So what is the normal that I'm trying to fit into? I was getting frustrated by it. And the more I tried to work hard to feel better, the worse I felt. (laughs) And it was until a week, a few weeks ago when I was journaling that I got a question. What if I just allowed myself to be here in this moment? You see, I'm a doer by nature and I'm very action oriented. And this isn't usually a problem until it becomes a problem. Because when I see an issue, I want to find a solution and fix it quickly so we move forward. That's a superpower for me, but it's also my Achilles heel. Because then I'll brush over myself and I'm not going to pay attention. And my work has just been cultivating the skill of stepping back and looking and being aware of what is the learning for me here because it's not how I'm naturally wired. I'm the firstborn of six kids. My life experiences have shaped how I respond to problems. And that's not a bad thing. It just means that there are times when I will need to be conscious of when there's no need for me to always fix, when there's no need for me to always put out the fire. So with this understanding, I just let myself sit with the feelings. I felt frustrated. I felt mad. And my brain just kept wanting to take me back to, oh, maybe this is just like the time when you had IBS. Maybe this is just like the time when you had heart palpitations. But I knew it wasn't. I was very clear on that. And I just let the brain be the brain. And I sat with my feelings. Because once I let those feelings sit, once I invited them and got comfortable with them, I started feeling a lot better. And then I was more willing to seek help. I did not go to Dr. Google. (laughs) No, I just kept calling the clinic, kept going to the pharmacy, kept asking questions. So what changes if you allow yourself to tap into your body and what you're feeling? When you're experiencing resistance, pay attention. Notice what's happening in your body. Our emotions are just vibrations. And the louder they are, the more we know that our body is trying to get our attention. It doesn't mean abort, let's run. It means, come, listen to me. I'm trying to tell you something. Notice the sensation. Is it a buzzing feeling? Is it throbbing? Does it feel hot? Does it feel cold? If you can describe it to yourself, do that. That's going to help to reduce the tension. And then it'll feel less scary. So once you're clear on that, you can move into taking action. You can decide to address the resistance by either focusing on the outcome you want or by exploring the resistance even further. Many of us focus on the outcome and that works many times, but there are some of us who end up achieving the goal and we still feel terrible. (laughs) This is why I prefer to go the exploratory approach, understand what's going on. There's always an element of safety that needs to be addressed. And this conventional wisdom, when we try to do more, 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 this is where it hurts us. It'll feel slow. It'll feel like you're taking a step back and that's okay. There's no rush because once you get into that place of security, once you get into that place of understanding, why am I resisting? What do I need to learn here? You're going to build momentum and you're going to feel so much better. For my clients who was trying to leave the job, She got a job within three months of making that decision. And guess what? She did not miss out on her relationships because she allowed herself the opportunity to feel the sadness, the grief that she might lose out. And that helped her to be intentional about her quitting process. So my friends, what do you think? 
Resistance is not to be resisted. (laughs) Today, I'm inviting you to open up to embrace resistance. Welcome it like a visitor who's only here for a moment and they're eventually going to leave. For how long? You get to decide. Because your experience of that circumstance, your experience of whatever you don't want will be made better or worse by your level of resistance to that circumstance. So what's it going to be? I'd love to hear from you. Come find me on Instagram. I'm at Olive and Bliss Wellness. And tell me, thanks for hanging out with me today. If you're wanting to create a life that feels amazing, but you're experiencing resistance, (laughs) you're afraid, and you're not just sure where to start from, I'm really good at helping you create it, no matter what the resistance is. It starts with a sales call. On that call, you'll get to tell me where you might be struggling, and then we come up with a plan to help you go after your goals and create the life you want without burnout. I'll include all the links in the show notes, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Until then, keep thriving.